Hey guys, it's the Hard Hat from the Emergency Exit Podcast. Uh, episode 69, man, what an episode. All the oral sex terms you can you could fantasize about. Hopefully you learned a few. Uh, hopefully you've been able to incorporate a few of them into your, uh, into your daily life. Uh, fanny noshing has been stuck in my head for some reason ever since that episode. I can't, can't quite get it out. Every time I think about it in my head, it's always in a really thick fanny noshing kind of uh, sense. So anyway, hey, if anybody else has any stuck in their head, get at me and let me know I'm not the only one. Special shout out to our guest Stephen Colon of the Knucklehead Podcast. As far as we know, he hadn't—he hasn't told anybody the location of our hidden studio. So keep your mouth shut, and we'll be good, Stephen. We've got T-shirts now, guys. Uh, first round of T-shirts are done. If you or somebody you know you think would like an emergency exit podcast T-shirt, get at us. We'll get one to you somehow. Get at us through our uh, slide into our DMs. That's my favorite one. But uh, you can get at us on the Facebook, email emergencyexitpodcast at gmail.com. All the usual avenues. Just get at us and we'll, we'll get you a shirt. We'll get you some sort of merch. We've got koozies as well. Hey, if you like what we're doing, just subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your pods. And right now, we've got some after show for you guys from episode 69 with Stephen Colin. Hey y'all, welcome back to the show. This is the after show. We just talked about oral sex, going down on your lady, going down on your man. That's what we were talking about today. Your man, your lady deserves it. But that's not what the after show is going to be about. We have a special guest, Stephen Cullen, here from the Knucklehead Podcast. And, you know, interviewing goes both ways, man. We asked him questions, he asked some questions for us, so... Stephen Colin, what's going on? Well, it's um, it, this whole world of uh, of podcasting has been um, interesting. I mean, the way that the way that we get information out there now is pretty cool. So I, I'm curious, what got y'all started? What why did you start the Emergency Exit Podcast? How did you decide on the topic? And then has it grown since obviously episode one? When I'm sure yeah. it was just low screaming at the camera. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, well, low from the beginning. From okay, so from episode one, this show started because. I wanted to prove that the moon landing was a hoax. Okay. And I really believed in a lot of conspiracy theories. The earth was flat. I believed that we never went to the moon. I'll take a beer. And and I wanted to make it – and I had a buddy that didn't believe in that stuff. And so we wanted to make a, a podcast together that we kind of talk about that kind of thing. So I, I we made an episode on the moon landing. And as I was doing research for this episode – all the evidence that I was coming up with really seemed like we were we actually went to the moon. Really? And, you know, all these conspiracy theorists will say, don't believe me, just do the research yourself. And that's what I really I was doing. And the more research I did, the more I believed that we did go to the moon because the research really says we did. And so we made that first episode, and we it never aired. And I, so I changed my mind changed some way it changed, and now I wanted to debunk crazy conspiracy theories. Then the first episode was uh, Bohemian Grove, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Are you familiar with Bohemian Grove? Yep, I've heard of it. Yeah, for sure. Where all the elite go in the middle of July to the redwood forest in San Francisco and have gay sex with each other, and or whatever they do. Right? We don't know. <clears throat> And I mean, that know. was the first report. 
uh, and we wanted to debunk conspiracy theories. That was what this show started. But then we realized after doing a bunch of interviews with people, uh, having different guests on, but any of any off the fringe topics were what we wanted to talk about. Yeah. And so we talked about flat Earth. Episode ten was an interview with one of the most uh, predominant uh, uh, flat. Flat. flat earthers out there named uh, David Weiss. Uh, is that is that the one that I listen? I listened to one. Have you done more than one oh, flat earther? We have done. Uh, I think we've done three interviews since then with some flat earthers. The second flat earther was, um, I it, I felt like he wasn't too much into the movement because the the evidence I gave him made him change his mind. Because a lot of times when they're not too uh, confident with it, and you give them good evidence, they realize, holy shit, yeah, I've been thinking wrong. But we've had uh, Brian Stavely on where I gave him from the New York. Yeah, the guy from uh, New yeah, York. Yeah, uh, the most recent, the one. most recent one, and he really believes in flat Earth. And Sandy Hook was a, ho- a hoax. Nine Eleven, which got him and uh, got, uh, got into uh, the passion, bit. was like really agreeing with a lot of stuff. He couldn't he couldn't rebut it properly. He was like, you know what? Maybe that's what it is. And I think he made a truther out of uh, the passion there. Um, but yeah, we've had a lot of uh, those people on, and it, it like I said, it became. Uh, more than just trying to debunk conspiracy theories. It was just that now it became a talk show, and that's what I want this show to be is a talk show that still hangs out on the fringe, tells stories that uh, mainstream media is not going to talk about, like Flat Earth and uh, conspiracy theories in general and uh, oral sex like we talked about. And that's how we, we – now we're 70 episodes in. Now it's the 69. We've done – now we're gonna about to go 70, which is Clive uh, Waring, the man who's only got the seven-second memory. We don't have to work too hard because that's been written already. That's great. So uh, we, we've and we've evolved a lot as a podcast, man. You know, I must say. And I know uh, what episode you are. Are you in? You said you're in 15 now. Yeah, yeah we've got 18 episodes recorded and 15, 15 published and uh, 16 actually comes out tomorrow. And you uh, are you by uh, do you do it every week? How often every do week. they come every week? Yeah, every week. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the idea behind it. But we, you know, much like you, we we uh, when we started it. We had the intention of doing it every week, but it ends up being, you know, every 10 days or every, uh, you know, 15 days. But we realized that, you know, with the information that was coming out there as our audience was growing, we had we kind of owed it to them to be consistent, Mm -hmm. even though our audience is relatively small. I mean, we just had a, um, you know, uh, one of my I call him a hero. He was a he was a Green Beret UFC fighter, um, founded a company called Ranger Up. Tim Kennedy, he's from here in Austin. Uh, guy's an absolute stud. He's uh, um, he's not a he's not a a you know he doesn't he doesn't sugarcoat things quite a bit. He'll tell you exactly what it oh, is. Yeah. That, you know <laughs> he's just he's just he's just, like he's a great people, dude. Man. And um, and so our our listenership and and everything has gone from you know relatively nothing to I mean just from getting one keynote person. Yeah, I mean, and the cool the cool part about it is 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 the the movement like so if the Hollywood Reporter came out with a, an episode where four dudes are standing on front of it in, in the front of the um, on the magazine cover and they have their hands in their pockets and it's it's the triumph of the beta male that's mm-hmm. that was the the episode uh, the Hollywood Reporter and granted it it was kind of a little bit of a dark comedy it was a Hollywood episode that came out but you know it irritated me uh, that there was this adulation of average and so one of the people who I thought would be the epitome of, of, of an alpha male or an alpha mindset is this buddy is a buddy of mine. Tim, well, he's Tim, Tim Kennedy. So Tim, he, um, you know, he teaches first responders. He was in Florida when Parkland shooting happening. I mean, he trains literally the people who were, were there. He trains them on how to deal with active shooter, active shooters, how, how to deal with those responses. Because when you have those external stress, um, things, things that happen, 
that you don't train for, you have to, you fall back under your habits. And so if you don't train those repeatedly over and over again, go through remedial actions, what happens when things don't fire? What happens when you're, uh, when you have a double feed, what happens, you know, all of those things that, that you try to deal with, how do you neutralize threats? How do you train people who aren't, uh, you know, privy to those types of scenarios? How do you become the hardest person to kill? That's his, that's his MO. Well, that's the exact opposite of what that episode or that, that, uh, um, that, that magazine cover was. And so to praise somebody for being average one is to rob them of the accomplishments that they would get if they were way outside of their comfort zone so anyway that that's the idea behind what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it that's why we, we have the don't be, don't be beta don't, movement don't, don't, don't be beta movement you, men, you yeah. mentioned yeah. guns yeah. and everything we nick and i get into it gun oh, control and i do want to try to bring that up a bit um <laughs> why not um so there was one point when we just heard about the Florida shooting, and I came out saying, "You know, this is enough, man. We've had we've had enough of this shit. We what are we supposed to do about this?" And I and I proposed maybe we, sh- you know, instead of whining, I have answers. I have some solutions, and I say, "Why don't we have some sort of like with just like cars? You have to take a, an eye test. You have to uh, have a driving test so before you get a license. Why not guns?" And then I back down from that thinking, what if we did have a fucking DMV that's for guns? The DMV sucks ass already. We're going to see some shitty, even more shittiness with this gun DMV. You you the are D, definitely... The DG, what did we decide it was? <laughs> the, the DFA, the Department, yeah. Department of Firearms, maybe. Yeah, DFA. DFA. Probably. Right. And, you know, there's so many different questions to go with that. So many different... But... You seem like you are definitely a responsible gun owner. Yeah, I mean, Being if you look at the military, if you look at the statistics of you know concealed handgun license owners here in the United States, it's their criminal rate and their propensity to create, excuse me, to commit crimes is less than police officers. So it's six times less, I think, than police officers. If you look at the stats, they're responsible. So the idea of gun control to a certain extent undermines the fundamental constitutional and really endowed upon right of Americans um, who, who quite frankly, were like the, in my opinion, I think that we, we are, we have to set the example. And if we're not setting the example, then yeah, there are probably some measures that we can take upon what ourselves. What can we do to stop school shootings? Should we have uh, uh, an armed <coughs> officer at every school? That's a good there question. Are. Yeah, I think it's a good question. Should I mean, be, right? the only thing that can really stop a bad dude with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Absolutely. And do you think we should arm our, like, Nick, do yeah, you think no. you should be armed? If you're a substitute teacher, do you think you should be armed? He's no, a substitute, I, by the not, way. Okay, see. Here we now go. Here's my, my problem with the, no, with the arming <laughs> teachers. Uh, not, but there's counties yeah. here in Texas that that you can carry if you're a teacher. Sure, right. You know? and 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 again, if if you are already a CHL trained yeah. and know, yeah, like if you already know how to do it, but just to be like, let's arm teachers. No, no. fuck. Okay, so no. absolutely not, because that since that's come out, there have been what? How many? Teachers' guns going off accidentally in class. You ever seen that episode? Shit? You ever seen that episode of the police officer who shot the the the? It's like it was a dare officer or something like that. I and think he, I he discharged oh, right. a weapon. You know, like that stat that was that was you know uh, essentially widely spread about the 18 shootings that have happened this year. It didn't talk about accidental discharges. It wasn't accounting for any, any really anything of relevance. It was uh, just talking about the st- that stat. And it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, how many how many red lights have been 
ran. You know, I mean, how many sure. how many drunken drivers right. have we had happened? You know, I mean. So when you know what I'm saying, when, that's what I'm trying to say. When it comes to like my big thing with like how you said, you know, the only thing to stop a good guy with a gun or a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. That's right. Yeah, now the, the Maryland shooting that just happened. You know? Yes, sure. I mean, good guy. Yeah, the, sure. The, the, the good guy guy. officer did it. But that's right, one right. out of but, but, a but, lot. But hang on, he so was he was, good... he was he was an off-duty officer. Not, not, not a, a teacher. not a, or a civilian with a gun. Because when you go through a CHL, like I, I don't have a CHL, but I can't imagine there's not any part of that that involves being able to identify a threat and neutralize that threat and minimize casualties. Sheepdog response. And that's, and that's, that's just my big, like, that's right, my, just hang your... on, hang on, hang on. That's, that's my, like, hang up with that mentality. It's like, okay, yes, you can, ha- you know, when you take your CHL, what, you're standing in a stationary position shooting at a stationary target. Yep. Now, is that person really going to be able to identify to neutralize a threat? Now, let's say there's in three or four other kids? people that also have guns. Are they going to be able to identify, okay, they are not a threat. They are not. That is the threat. Neutralize the threat. I need to, you know, make sure that, like, I just feel like there's so much more training that needs to be involved than somebody who just has Whereas, like, I see a concealed handgun license is more for per- personal protection, not, yeah. you know, identifying a threat and neutralizing that threat with potential casualties around. That that's my that's my hang up on that is that, you know, a good guy is not going to stop a bad guy with a gun. They are going to protect themselves from the bad guy with a gun. Yeah, in a lot of cases, not to disagree with you at all, but I I think you're I think you're onto something. There's okay. There's a, so if you look at the fundamental thought process of somebody who is going to take it upon themselves to, to get a CHL, sure. right? Uh, that means they have an interest. They have an right. interest in self-preservation, right? Which is sure. what a, which a, I mean, which we all do does. to Second some extent. Yeah. yeah. And so and so they're going to take it upon themselves to put themselves in scenarios where they can practice. Sure. Right? Practice is the only way that you're going to get good at anything. So you because have to you have to drill it. The less you think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same reason why you know my my kids if they get curious about you know weapons I. I tell them about it you know sure. what you're what you're drawn naturally to what you uh to what's yeah a mystery so mm-hmm. you know it's not a mystery anymore they can understand how to hold manipulate a weapon if it, they don't they know not to turn it around i mean even if we're playing with like lego guns they don't point them at people sure. i mean my kids do not point even nerf lego guns or guns, finger guns yeah. at so they know muzzle awareness mm-hmm. i mean it's one of the first things that you it's learn always so, down or up, so down to range. answer <laughs> to answer your question about uh about the statistics when you have you know, the amount of mass shootings that happened, the majority of them happen now with, with handguns. It's, it's, it's terrible. And if you go back and you look at statistics that people study, because there's people who dork out on this stuff all the mm-hmm. time, right? And they, they've, they've interviewed criminals, and the majority of, of the issues have happened in a soft target environment. So they, they say, okay, well, I know that there's not a threat where I'm going to be neutralized in sure. that area, so therefore I'm going to select that particular area. Right, and so the I only mean, that w- makes sense. the only way to eliminate that threat is to have the the question of whether or not there is the presence sure. of a neutralizing presence mm-hmm. there, which is what would happen if you had somebody like a teacher have a CHL because you don't know which one does, you don't know which one's training, you don't know which if it's a five foot five you know little girl or a six three a you six know foot yeah exactly coach, yeah. you don't know and you're not gonna you're not gonna take that risk if you're you know a bad dude crazy you know crazy person doing something stupid but i mean and, most schools you know do, do have like every school resource. I, I work my, at my high school which guard. is actually yeah. his school that he subs at my old high school 
we had you know several armed yeah. you know resource hey, officers. there's a whole security staff that's armed yeah see it's upgraded yeah. since i was there yeah and it, there's probably and, not school shootings there um I don't, I, I so don't know the thing i wanted yeah. to bring up I mean, there's a, a there's a guy uh he's uh ex-marine well not ex he refuses he's a marine. to say ex-marine former yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, you're, you're always no, definitely not ex-marine so i caught myself on that <laughs> but uh <laughs> and now and then after that he uh he was training he was the one that taught them and worked with law enforcement and did that a lot. Now he just uh, sits at home and drinks whiskey and he writes. He's an essayist. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but it's Stone Kettle is his name. Goes by Stone Kettle. But he's saying with this teacher thing, he's like, okay, so if we're doing this, who's training? Who's responsible? Who's in charge? Because teachers, there's a huge fucking difference between uh, someone in the military out in a war zone and even a police officer, they're both specifically trained to and sure. have weapons as part of their mm-hmm. job. But there's a huge difference between those two, mm-hmm. much less a teacher. Now, the teacher yes. is not geared towards mm. dealing with this. Yeah. If something goes down and they've got 40 kids in the room, like that's uh, – they, you don't want them to be more worried about – firearm training than actually teach like their curriculum teaching your sure. kids like that's, so you that's feel it's, it's bringing too much on to teachers who already have a daunting and, well task. but he's just saying who's who is going to train them because that is nothing like a military field that is nothing sure. like they don't the, have that mentality that the, drive so yeah. who the fuck is even going to have this training program to teach teachers of all people how to fucking successfully wield a it, weapon it can't be a mandated thing and, it and then, it can't be. Even sure. then like, point. who do they answer to do they answer to the what the fucking principal is like the the, the chief no. or like so where's the chain of command regarding this go if something happens someone comes into the school and the teacher misfires and a kid get hit then who answers to that who, you, who's responsible like what what we need to honestly ask these questions and that's more than just Give teachers guns and then people won't come shoot up the school. Sure. Like there, there is a whole lot of liability that really needs to be. We don't need to be giving teachers out. guns, but we can definitely before have we get into it. Which what's, law the, what's the purpose on campus? What's sure. the purpose? Behind I agree a, more with that. A gun for, what's the purpose behind a, a gun free zone? Well, I don't, I don't like the purposes behind. I don't think there should be gun free zones. That, that's I hate that term mo- because it does say, "Hey, come shoot happen. it up." Like I, I feel like that term is just bullshit like it's kind of like sanctuary city like first of all that term doesn't exist in a legal standpoint that's just what people have chosen to call it like nowhere like there's nowhere in a legal definition that says oh it's so and so is like this is the definition of a sanctuary city and nick and i we're we we don't know exactly how easy it is to go and get a gun in texas you know, yeah, we're tried to um, go get we, one. We want to keep saying that we, you know, should go through you a know C- what it you takes. Th- you should go well, through a hang CHL. because you guys have never— You should just go through the class. That's what you should do. I don't mean to interrupt you, but— Oh. No, I mean, that's what you—just do that. Just go through the class, pay well, 90 bucks, and go get your I CHL know, well, license. You guys have never around. fired a gun, I believe. Is that right? No, I haven't. But I know touring, like, there are town, little itty-bitty towns in West Texas that have, like, street festivals down on the town quad or whatever. And they have competitions where they give away a gun as a prize, like— the, no, the city sure just gives you a you fucking have to gun. Pass a background check to so I don't know, or is it like the gun show uh-huh. loophole where just here you go, man? Hey, it's no, a door. I don't think the gun. Ho- so there's a there's a talk show host, um, Stephen Crowder, Crowder, who went through man. the whole process of of uh, the gun show loophole. I, I honestly don't think it exists, not just because of that episode, but he does a pretty good job of reinforcing see, that, it through video. Now, but, I've watched that because I'm a big fan of Stephen Crowder myself. Yeah. Um, and he did go to gun shows and ask if he can buy a gun without a background check, and they're all like, no. Now, he was in Illinois or something, but I think what 
you and I should do is even if you can return it is to go through the process of buying yeah. a gun ourselves and see at a gun show because that's the one that's most controversial that we can go there and be able to walk with a gun. Like I can go to a pawn shop and walk out with a gun pending a background check. Sure. Yeah. You should go honestly, I mean if you've never been to a CHL course, you may fall asleep because it is it does get kind of boring, but that course in itself, I mean you're you're there with military personnel. I mean most of these guys are part military. And, uh, and most of them are, are you know, self-defense quasi-experts at the same time, too. So they're, they're very good at, at uh, giving you tips on uh, just best practices once you get out, how to keep a weapon clean, how to pull it apart, you know, what's the best right. handgun and that type of and thing. And those so. are fine, but those are all still geared towards generally like you being attacked personally or sure. someone coming into your home. Or yeah, whatever, and there's, like. there's programs that you can go through. Uh, again, I don't, I'm not meaning to bring Tim Kennedy back into this, but he, he runs a program called Sheepdog Response where you can go through the whole process. Now, granted, this is designed primarily for uh, first responders and you know police department and that yeah. type of thing. And where but you're you can protecting like a group or something. Yeah. Heroes like is what you mean to say. Yeah. Heroes. Yeah. yeah, heroes. But like the average Absolutely. CHL person, I just I really feel like the average CHL you know holder is not going to be, be able to neutralize right. a threat That's in a group setting. I really don't think so, and I think that that when you say that, what do you what do you mean? Like Why would you say somebody that? who has no law enforcement background, no military background, that their only experience with a firearm yeah. is with a concealed handgun license. So if they if they were if they had the presence, so the presence of a of a weapon, if there was a active shooter going sure. on, right? Uh, if that active shooter is is not being shot at, Just he's most even likely in its general direction. What, right? What's happening is he's most likely still he or she is most likely engaging in that in that threat still, sure. as opposed to seeking cover from taking fire I and get so that. The, the idea behind a chl license holder whether it's a teacher or, or somebody who's an armed guard if they if they return fire what's going to happen is that's going to throw that active sure. shooter from engaging in targets to, to now to the objective is yeah mm-hmm. or he's cover. just or he's gonna they're gonna get shot and then sure but, neutralized but, but and who's over. to say that this person the chl holder is trained to be able to identify this threat and find this because i mean think about your you you're know, talking about you're predetermination gonna, I, i'm not i don't know, you know. If, i don't know if it would eliminate it but what what the idea of the example that i just gave it would take the number from 19 down sure. to two right i get that yeah and, i totally get that and so we're talking about iterative steps to to to, to reduce to it. reduce it you may not be able to fully eliminate it but you can keep it down you have more data to work sure. with sure yeah and, and, and they, the they hear yeah. other shots that are not from them yeah. they're gonna be like oh shit somebody around but who's to say this other like they may have they thought might. somebody else it's, i mean, know, I, mean too. I don't mean to throw a wrinkle into this but you know if you look at the the um just the the chemical makeup of those active shooters after the fact. I'm not sure. You may have to double check the stat, but I think the majority of them were some, on some type of antidepressant also. Mm-hmm. And so that the presence of those prescription drugs uh, in conjunction with, um, you know, whether they were, you know, I'm not sure what their upbringing was and sure, if they were sure. bullied and all of that just going into that their decision making process. Account with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all those kids that's, are bullied. The yeah. latest ones. So, so that's what happens is these kids are bullied and they. That's what happens. Yeah. The Columbine, those kids were bullied. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I, I'd say 100% again, of the like, time I was I'm, bullied growing up. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. the thing is like I would say like bullies help you become stronger in life later. You know, those bullies are going to be footlocker uh, employees while you're doing greater <laughs> and better things, you know? Yeah. Well, that's I, what bullies are for is to make you better. Yeah. But in, in this, in this uh, life that we're living in at the moment where – Everyone has to be politically correct. You don't hurt you anybody's feelings. You can't hurt their feelings, and even there's maybe no bullies around, but we're still seeing people well, feeling on the fringe. Because they're trying to get rid of bullies. 
Say that's that again. They're trying to get rid of bullies. Is why they're saying don't hurt anybody's feelings. Like that because you know that's that's what bullying Which is. Which I get. I totally but get. Like it, I was bullied, and sword. I've never even punched anybody, much less fired a weapon. So <laughs> bullying doesn't equal shooter. You're right. Just and like that's the someone double- wanted to say it's video games, or like but Marilyn Manson to- records made people fucking crazy. No, but you have to f- also factor in like okay, you say you were bullied, but maybe you didn't experience the same upbringing that this person did, or true, maybe even true. The, the that's whole, what I'm saying. You can't say aside this, from the whole upbringing, like their whole genetic makeup. Maybe they're just already. That's wired exactly the be, point I, mean, I was getting. At. There's exactly so much that has to be taken into like consideration. It's Brandon's, really exactly what I was Brandon saying. Brandon, the passion over here, my man. That's <laughs> exactly what I was saying. Because yeah. I mean, there, there's so many everybody variables. gets bullied, and not everybody's a shooter. Marilyn sure. Manson had millions of fucking listeners. Not every one of them went fucking crazy. You know, like you can't say this one person this that. Like you can't make generalized statements. Ozzy Otherwise, every fucking white conservative Christian male is going to fucking set off bombs. Yeah. And like, well, you can't do that. That doesn't no, fucking you work. you cannot do that. And, you so, know, Ozzy Osbourne said it in his song, Get the Gun, Get the Gun. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, I thought you meant <laughs> All right. when he said, That's how it came across the studio. Yeah, Ozzy Osbourne said it best when he said, you know what would be great would be an interview of Ozzy Osbourne done by Rocky Balboa. Oh, shit. <laughs> do it. Could you do it? So, so Mr. Ozzy Rocky, man, um, so what do you think about what's going on in the current climate of gun control at the moment? What do you think we should be doing? It's what you fucking do, you know? I don't agree with you, man. What we need to do right here. Uh, you know, you make a great point. <laughs> yes. You make a really great point there. Anyways, you guys, uh, thank you guys for listening to The After Show. Once again, for Brandon the Hearted Mitchell, for Nick the Passion oh Rider, good. for Steve the... The jarhead, Stephen the jarhead, colon, and I'm low saying that track. <laughs> Please don't say Steve the colon. Oh, Steve the, the colon. Steve the colon.